Thank you for tuning in to another episode of our program, Ephatha. Today's topic for discussion is about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Here's our learning objectives. First is to have a complete understanding of God's kingdom in the context of the Savior. And second is for us to understand the clear distinction of the kingdom of God, the place of heaven, as well as the kingdom of heaven based on the evangelical presentations in the gospel. We will continue in our studies when we return. Are you ready for the truth? For over 2,000 years, the message of the Christ, Yeshua, has been twisted, altered, and tailored to fit the different messengers from different time frames. That will stop today. Here's your disciple friend. He'll meticulously deliver to you the Lord's evangelical truth. Today's episode is very much related to our previous studies on the topic about the Lord's movement. Over 2,000 years after the Savior Yahshua first taught about God's kingdom, believers still lack the complete understanding on this particular teaching. In fact, even the major Christian churches, with their countless number of preachers and apologetics, only add confusion to this topic. It will be a safe assessment to say that most of Christianity still confuse the kingdom of God to be exactly that of the kingdom of heaven and vice versa. After our study, we should have the understanding about the distinction as well as the interrelation of these three subjects, that of God's kingdom, the place heaven, and the kingdom of heaven. Let me begin by asking this question. How did the Savior prove the difference between the kingdom of God from that of the kingdom of heaven? What did he say about the kingdom of God? Here's how the Lord Yahshua explained about this evangelical fact. In the Gospel according to Luke, in chapter 17, the verses are 20 and 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. How does the Savior present the kingdom of God? He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Meaning, it is in the core of man and is very well within his reach. If so, then the kingdom of God it's not the place of heaven, nor is it the kingdom of heaven, as many other people believe. And why not? Because heaven is a place, as well as its kingdom. Later in our study, we will present the scriptural wisdom of heaven, and the kingdom that is within its domain. Now going back to our topic, what is God's kingdom? That is very well within the reach of man. To answer this directly, it is the rule or reign or dominion of God's Son, Yahshua the Christ, with God's government. And how is that? Let us read one of the many prophecies of the prophet Isaiah, as recorded in his book, chapter 9, the first part of verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be placed, 
will be upon his shoulder. The prophet Isaiah prophesied about God's son who will be given unto mankind. What makes us certain that this prophesied son is indeed God's son? Because God's government will be placed upon his shoulder. What does the prophecy mean that God's government will be placed upon his shoulder? In John 6, 27, the Lord Yahshua testified that God the Father has set his seal on him. Now listen to this gospel truth. God's act of setting his seal on his son is the prophesied placement of God's government unto his son. And for what divine purpose? So that, as recorded in John 5, 23, all should honor the son just as they honor the father. Now how else did the Lord Yahshua confirm this evangelical truth? In Matthew 28:18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The fact that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to the Christ Yahshua only proves of his reign with God's government and power. Let me repeat this very important evangelical truth. The kingdom of God is the Savior's reign with God's government and authority. If so, how could this be well within the reach of man? After all the ages and with these tens of thousands of Christian churches and groups, the question remains, how can one share in God's kingdom? I will not give you my answer. We will simply refer, refer you to the gospel of the Savior. And let us ask Him, Lord, how can we also have a share in the kingdom of God? Here's how it is as taught by the Savior in His prayer. In John 17, verses 21 and 22, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. That they also may be one in us is the statement of the Savior pointing to a certain group of people whom he receives in the sacred union of God the Father and himself. What is given unto these people who are one with God and Christ? The Savior himself gave them the glory that he received from God and simply because he loves them. What is that glory given unto them by the Savior himself? That is the kingdom of God. How so? We will prove that in this study. But first, we need to understand the meaning and definition of glory in order for us to arrive at, at a complete understanding of this truth. One of the many definitions of the term glory is that of honor or renown, as rendered in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Question is, could the glory 
that the Messiah gave unto the special group of people be that of his honor? The answer is yes. Because it, it is that which was given unto him by God the Father. Now what is the glory or honor of God's Son, the Christ Yahshua, that he shared with this group of people? In Matthew 27 verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. The glory or honor that the Christ has received from God is that of a king. There are many prophecies of God that point to His Son as being king. Just read Micah 5 verse 2. It talks about Him to be the one who will become ruler or king in Israel. And one of the many other prophecies prophesying about His kingship is in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 2 referencing to him as the one whom God made as ruler over kings the question now is this how does this special group of people share in the glory or honor of the Christ as king the king Yahshua Christos shared with them his reign or rule with God's authority and made them kings just like him how valid is the statement this is very well validated by the apostles themselves. We will read what is recorded in Revelation. In chapter 19, the verses are 13 and 16. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. First to validate our understanding is Apostle John. How so? In his vision, he had seen the Christ with the title of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We know very well that he was referring to the Messiah as the superior King and Lord. But who was he referring to be the subordinate Kings and Lords? Let us read in the same book of Revelation, the chapter is 5, the first part of verse 9. And also in verse 10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. If the Christ is the king of kings and lord of lords. Who are the subordinate kings and lords? They are those who were made kings and priests unto God. The same ones redeemed by the blood of the Savior. How is this validated by another apostle of the Lord? Let us read what is recorded in the book of 1 Peter in chapter 2, the verse is 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Another apostle who validated the integrity of our understanding is Apostle Peter. How so? He pointed to the special people who were chosen by God to have been given the royal, the royal priesthood. Can you see how Peter's phrase of royal priesthood very well aligns with John's statement about those who were made kings and priests unto God? 
Now, as subordinate kings, what is expected of them? According to John, they shall reign on the earth. Which is this reign? That they shall reign on the earth. This is none other than the reign of the Messiah with God's authority, the kingdom of God that he shared with them. Now that we've learned about God's kingdom, we also learn who are the people who share in God's kingdom. Now let us divert our study unto that which confuses people each time they hear about the kingdom of God. What about heaven? And what about the kingdom of heaven? You may ask, why do we need to clarify about these topics? Because when one hears of the phrase kingdom of God, they automatically think of this as the place of heaven or even the kingdom of heaven. However, that is not necessarily so. They are distinct. Yes, they are. And yet they are interrelated. In what way? First, let us learn about heaven. What is heaven? When King Solomon prayed the prayer of dedication of the temple, he stated in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30, that heaven is the dwelling place of God. Let us further clarify the scriptural text. How is heaven the dwelling place of God? God said this in Isaiah 66, verse 1, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. This is the distinction of the word heaven to that of the kingdom of God. How so? As we, as we already learned, the kingdom of God refers to the rule or reign of the Christ with God's authority or government, while heaven is an actual place. It is, in fact, the entire throne of God. However, how are they connected in evangelical terms? And how about the kingdom of heaven? What does it point to? The kingdom of heaven is simply the presence of God's kingdom in heaven, starting with the presence there with God's son, Yahshua himself. And that will be completed when everyone else who share in this reign will also be received in heaven. It is, after all, the apocalyptical marriage of the holy city with all of the Lord's people whom he shared his glory or reign. Now let us have a quick review. Whom does the Savior call reign in God's kingdom? Those whom he receives in the sacred union with God, whom he made as kings and priests for God's service, whose reign starts while they are still on earth, as recorded in Revelation 5.10. Now, what proves that the reign continues, especially in heaven? Let us read what's recorded in the book of Revelation in chapter 22 in verses 3 and the first part of verse 5. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall reign, and they, let me repeat myself, and they shall reign forever and ever. The question we ask is this, 
What proves that the reign of those who were who shared or who were shared God's kingdom by the Savior continues, especially in heaven? The fact that the same subordinates and subservient kings shall continue to reign forever and ever before the throne of God and of the Lamb. Don't we all want to be guaranteed the same blessing? Of course we do. There is then a need for us to pinpoint who are these people so that we can learn how we could be like them. So who are these people who share in the kingdom of God? Let us read what is recorded in the gospel according to Luke in chapter 18 in verses 28 until 30. Then Peter said, See, we have left all and followed you. So he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. The people that we are studying to know are those who left everything for the sake of the kingdom of God to follow the Savior and to do His work of salvation for Him. How are they validated by the Messiah to have a share of His reign even while they are still in this world? Let us read John 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The fact that the Savior himself guarantees to give whatever they will ask proves one thing. They also possess the rule of the Lord Yahshua Christos. Under what condition? They have to abide in Him and in His words. So those who truly follow the Savior, those who truly abide in Him and His word, are those validated by Him to have a share in His reign, in such that when they ask whatever they desire, it shall be done for them. Now what becomes of them who abide in the Lord and His Word? The Gospel according to John in chapter 8 verse 31 has this to say, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. Friends, it is not I who emphasized on the importance of being a true disciple of the Lord. It is the Lord Himself who gave us a conditional invitation. He said, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. My dear friends, the Kingdom of God is easily attainable now, today, if you can readily accept the invitation of the Savior to become His disciple. Not My disciple, His disciple. I accepted his call. You can too. You simply have to abide in his word alone and nobody else's. Now before we end this talk, let me just give a clarification on the title of this program, which is from the Aramaic word Ephatha. This was the Aramaic word 
uttered by the Savior Yahshua when he healed a deaf mute person and said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. And this could be read in Mark chapter 7, verses 33 and 34. If you can relate with our message, please continue to connect with us and share this message to all the world. Please continue to give us a chance to share with you the evangelical message of the Christ based on his perspective alone. Once again, this is your disciple friend asking you to keep an open mind. For a closed mind is intellectual suicide. In closing, we ask you, let our minds and our hearts be opened. Ephatha. Until next time. You've just been served the truth of the Savior. Please continue to listen to our show, Ephatha, and let your minds be open to the Lord's message. We also invite you to visit our website at www.spiritualhouse.info and be baptized with the living water of the Lord and King, Yeshua Christos.